0: Hello and welcome to episode two of Words, Wobbles and Wisdom. I'm Anne-Marie Miles and it is great to have you here. Thank you so much for your feedback on the opening introduction episode. Really excited to hear from so many of you. Thank you for the messages and the kind words. Really delighted for the encouragement. It's great uh, to be here again on week two. So what I wanted to share a little bit about you this week is kind of my... um, of a story about my early memories of slimming clubs now before i tell you this story i'm not dissing slimming clubs okay i'm not i'm not criticizing them i'm just going to share with you my my experience i know many people have benefited and have had great success and lasting success through slimming clubs um they weren't for me. Uh, they never. They, they would work for me short term, but they never really worked for me long term. So I, they were just something that didn't suit me. And I think my first, uh, run in, will we say, <laughs> or walk in, or dragged in, should I say, uh, with Eslering Club was, it just stayed with me, and it is the irony of it, it was the first. It was the first experience that I can remember of food shame. That's I think that is so ironic that I didn't feel. No, I was overeating and I shouldn't have been overeating. But the first time I actually felt food shame was on that same night that I joined a slimming club for the first time. I mean, I was sent to it against my will. Um you know, my mother was really concerned about my weight, and my older sisters were trying to help me they were you know there were a lot of people who were and probably remain very concerned for my well being but I didn't have a very good introductory experience um and I'd no idea what to expect um so I'm gonna share with you a story of one of my early uh kind of forays into. <laughs> into a slimming group. I don't want to uh, implicate any one group. So we'll say that this group is called Wakelier Slim. And uh, my memory of it is is this. The first thing that struck me as I walked into the hall was that everyone was taking off their coats and kicking off their shoes. Um, I mean, it was the middle of winter. I mean, I, I remember because the meeting was half five, six o'clock and it was dark. You know, it was nighttime dark, so it was definitely like into the winter. But when these people took off their coats, they were in like really thin leggings <laughs> and t-shirts. Um, and I was going, I'm yeah, freezing. Do you know what I mean? It was this, this cold school hall. So anyway, we all joined the queue and I worked my way nearer to the scale and I was watching uh, these women uh, getting up on the scale and they'd scrunch their eyes closed. And uh, and I thought, you know, is this my first prayer meeting? Uh, I, I wasn't sure what was going on. Um, and the leader, so we'll call her Jackie, uh, she would look down at the scale, then scribble a number on the card and... Um, And the secret message that was being scribbled on this card had the ability to make a woman leap for joy off the scales, or in poor Sandra, we'll call her, all the names have been changed to protect the hypoglycemic, Sandra, we'll call her, slumped her shoulders, stared at the floor and said that she regretted ever going to her cousin's wedding. So (laughs) I had no idea what was going on. So I'm still in my coat and my shoes and I got to the top of the queue and And Jackie thought it would be better if I took my coat and my shoes off before standing on the scale. And I was going to say that, well, my mother doesn't allow me to walk around in my stocking feet this time of year. But I didn't want to seem rude. So I took my shoes off and I took my coat off and shivering. I stood on the scale. The woman behind me must have thought that I was shivering with fear because she patted my shoulder and told me not to worry. Um, so anyway, Jackie did what she had done before. She looked down and then looked at me and kind of shook her head a bit and tutted and wrote down something on the card. So I looked down where she had looked And my toe was sticking out through the hole of my sock. So I thought, you know, no wonder she was touching the state of my socks. Anyway, she handed me my card. I put my coat back on, put my shoes back on and went to find uh, a seat. And I was expecting the card to say something like, you could really do with some new socks or you could really do it eating less crisps or whatever. But all that was on the card was a number. And the number, if I remember correctly, said... 12.4. 12.4. Now, can I tell you, I would jump up and down with delight if I was 12.4 today, which is 78 kilos in new money. I had no idea what that number meant, but all I knew was that these numbers were the source of joy or sorrow in the room. So, during the meeting then, I began to understand, okay, high numbers bad, low numbers good. Jackie asked some of those who had lower numbers this week than they had last week to tell everyone how they'd managed it. I mean, she would say, oh, you had a great week. How did it go? It didn't sound like a great week to me. I mean, there was far too much beetroot mentioned, especially in the winter. And then Sandra, who was still cursing the day her cousin ever fell in love and got married, told us about her bad week. Now, to me, it sounded like she'd had a great week, but there were sharp intakes of breath. I mean, at one stage, I was like, oh, yummy. Sounds lovely when she was talking about the wedding buffet. But I managed to stop myself. I, st- I didn't say a thing. I sat quietly for the rest of the meeting, nodding my head at appropriate intervals, looking around, hoping I was nodding in the right places. When the meeting was over, I left there determined that I would never go back. I got home and all I wanted to do was eat. I was not a happy bunny. I remember arguing with my mother about it. And the more she said, I shouldn't eat again that day. I, I can't go to Slimming Club and then come back and eat. The more she said that, the more I wanted to. Because I knew it would make me feel better. That was the first night I ever felt shame while I was eating. It was the first night I ever hid. No, that's a lie. It's not the first time I ever hit food, but it was the first time I ever really felt ashamed as I snuck that food up the stairs to my bed. You know, I had an argument and and said, oh, I'm going to bed, you know, and then I snuck into the kitchen, made some sort of snack and smuggled it up the stairs, you know. And 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 I think that's when the real battle began. And I know it's I know it's terrible because, as I've said, I know some slimming clubs have been the making of people. But they did not, they did not do that for me. And I feel like it's a battle now that I've been fighting for, oh gosh, 35 years or more, you know, and I don't blame my mother. I don't blame Your Slin. I don't blame Jackie. And Sandra certainly has nothing to reproach herself for. She had a great weekend. But I just know that that night changed everything for me. It changed everything for me. And... I look at photographs of myself when I was that age. I look at photographs of myself when I was a teen. And over time, I see how my confidence in those photographs reduced. You know, uh, there's there's a brilliant photograph of me. I love it. I'm in a red bathing suit. I've got my knees crossed and I've got my hands kind of daintily on my knees. And there's rolls of, you know, I've got like three decent rolls of fat. to definitely pinch an inch or two in each one. But I don't mind. I don't, you know what I mean? I don't mind. I'm not hiding behind a towel. I'm not cowering behind a sand dune. I don't mind that I'm that size. And as time has gone, I have, in photographs, I've moved to the back of the group. I've moved to the back. And I don't know how that happened. I don't know why that happened. All I know is that I, the more I tried, the harder I tried, the bigger I got. And every time I threw in the towel and stopped a diet, I would start again the next time heavier than I'd been when I started the previous time so I'd always put it back on and more and I don't I don't know why that happened I don't know how it happened well I do know how it happened it was food you know it was too much food and not enough exercise but I needed more than the group I needed more than Jackie but I I don't know if there was anything at that time if there was anything more. Because one thing I wasn't dealing with was what was going on inside my head. I was so worried about what was going into my mouth, what was piling onto my hips and my stomach and whatever, that I was was not, I didn't even realise that it was important to work out what is going on in your head. And I think that is the difference now. I'm still battling with weight. I'm still battling with my eating. But I feel I am winning that battle. Not necessarily that I'm losing weight all the time. Not necessarily that I'm eating perfectly all the time. But I know now where the fight is. I know the battle is, a lot of it is in my head. It's in my thinking. Um, And there, there is a verse in the Bible that talks about taking captive every thought and making it subject you know to God and his will now I'm I'm paraphrasing it but it and that idea of taking a thought and saying hang on a second before I let this thought affect my mood or what I do or the decision I make I need to make it subject to something I need to I need to check that thought is actually a valid one and that's where my my battle is my battle is in my head um I have this thing and it's it's such a silly thing but it's quite a simple thing and it's a five four three two one and if I know I've had enough food in a day and if I know that I really shouldn't eat more, uh or or it's the middle of the day and I'm going out later I'm going out for a meal later and I shouldn't no problem with having a bit of lunch but I shouldn't really be having an afternoon snack if I've had lunch and I'm going out for dinner or whatever you know if I just know that I shouldn't eat I will try and go five four three two one and what I'm doing is I'm just giving my reason the bit of me that knows I shouldn't eat anymore I'm just giving it time to catch up with the thought in my head that says asher asher a no, Sure. I mean, there's only two carbs in one of them. She, I have have one of them. Um, there's only she, she, they're they're low calorie. So they're only a breath of air. So have one of them. I'm the five, four, three, two, one. is just a little thing that lets my reasonable self, <laughs> the bit that knows I, I, you know, I shouldn't have anything else, just to let it catch up with that quick thought. That that makes you reach. Sorry, that makes me. I'm talking about myself, nobody else, that makes me reach for a snack or for something that I shouldn't have. And I found it helpful. Now, I have to tell you, it doesn't always work. It's not like, oh, I found this life-changing thing and this episode of the podcast is going to change the world and I can retire now. Um, I mean, great if that happened, but It, it is just a little, it just, it gives me time to catch up with myself, as it were. And, uh, I recommend it for other things as well. You know, five, four, three, two, and maybe I should, uh, put it in place about even things that I say or even things that I think. You know, it just gives you a bit of time to stop. Just to stop and, and catch up. Let your reason catch up with your, you know, short, your, your quick thinking. Uh, I keep saying you, believe me, I'm talking to myself. I really, really am. Uh, So, yeah, so that that was my kind of foray into uh, weight loss groups. And um, I wish it had worked. Uh, I wish it had worked, but it didn't. And so I'm afraid they weren't for me, but I know they are for many people. And I still, every so often, I still think of poor Sandra and the wedding she went to that had ruined her weekend and made her put on. I think it was three pound or something. And I think, oh, you know, I hope that she's found a way to, you know, to enjoy herself and enjoy celebrations, but still lose the weight that she wants to lose. Uh, poor Alessandra Sandra has uh, stayed with me all these years, uh, even though it was such a long time ago. And I do think of her every so often. If you're like me, then you may feel that your eating habits are worse than anybody else's. You're sure nobody would invite you for coffee if they knew that you wanted to eat their slice of lemon drizzle cake as well as your own. Uh, If anyone knew how many chocolate hot knobs you could put away in one sitting, they'd be horrified. If you're like me, you've also suffered with that food shame. I hope that you feel a sense of relief to know that you're not on your own. I mean, I've gone through phases of buttering bread on both sides just to feel fuller and there's going to be an episode on feeling full because it was one of the massive realizations I had was that I was filling myself with food when I really needed to fill my heart and my soul with things. And we will be talking about that in one of the episodes. But I've, you know, I've made chips from gigantic potatoes twice in one day when I knew I'd be on my own all day. I've stolen sweets from my nieces and nephews. And the ramifications of that confession are going to be far reaching, I can tell you, because I don't know whether they knew. (laughs) Um, Sorry, kids. I love you. But when I used to babysit for you, I used to steal your sweets. Um I mean, I've raided biscuit jars and then shaken the jar afterwards so it wouldn't look like so many biscuits were gone. I went through a phase where I bought three days worth of food and eaten it all in one day. I don't know whether it helps you to know that. I don't know whether for some of you, there's a sense of relief to know that there is somebody worse than you. And that's me or that that you're not the only one who who's who has, you know, really wrestled with with the amount that you want to eat. I hope so. I hope it does for two reasons. Firstly, and most importantly, I I want you not to feel so awful about yourself. But secondly, and maybe selfishly, if you get it, then I'm not on my own. I'm not on my own either, that there are people who, who get me. I mean, I know lots of people who need to lose weight, but I have always felt I was fatter, lazier, more awful than anyone else. I believed it was worse for me because I tried to lose weight so many times and failed. Worse for me because I'm a Christian and I have a responsibility to take care of my body. Uh, The Bible tells me that. Worse for me because I ate more than anyone else in the universe. And yes, I include Jabba the Hutt in that. I mean, I, I think about food all the time. I don't know about you, but... Uh, And I have felt guilty about thinking about it and and guilty that I want food so much. And to those around me, I've always played the big, cheerful character, dancing and singing and laughing and making others laugh. Anything to hide the panic at who I was and, and what was happening to me. I mean, I could feel myself losing control. I just couldn't stop it. You know, I, I mean, I read in the Bible that I'm loved, I'm created by God in his image, that Jesus died for me, that the Holy Spirit lives in me. Yet I i find it hard to love this body enough to look after it. And then guilt just adds to the weight. I, I think guilt has made me feel lonely. That's what guilt does. It makes, it makes us hide. It makes us hope nobody notices i didn't I, I hoped that nobody would notice that I need help instead of looking for help in fact, instead of looking for help I shouldn't help instead of taking advice. I resented people giving me advice i didn't want to talk about weight i I hated the whole subject. I wanted to hide under my duvet and never come out. I wanted to eat every meal alone because I didn't want anyone to see just how much I loved it. It felt wrong to enjoy food as much as I did. So I often ate in loneliness and isolation, forcing this isolation on myself. And of course, that was part of my undoing. I didn't just back myself into a corner. I built walls around it, stuck a roof on the top of it. I mean, I insisted on locking everyone out of this area of my life, including God. And that was destructive. And what I'd say is if you have done that, it's time to come out. It's time to come out from the corner that you've built for yourself. Changing my attitude about talking and allowing people to talk to me about weight and food has been the most difficult change I think I've ever made. But if I can do it, I believe you can do it. Get some air in your lungs. Get the sun on your face. Start making your way back. You are not alone in this. And because you're here, I'm not alone in this either. How cool is that? Our time is nearly up, but I did promise a spot in the podcast for What Is That About? Or as my great nephew, Frankie Jardis would say, What is that about? And... I'm going to share with you mine. And like I said in last week's opening episode, if you have something that is a real, what is that about, that you want to get off your chest, I'd love you to share it with me. You can email me, amoriting, amowriting, A-M-O-W-R-I-T-I-N-G, amowriting at gmail.com, or you can send me a private message on social media. I'm writing pretty much everywhere. So, what is that about? One of the things that drives me absolutely potty is at the end of an ad on the radio, somebody will give the terms and conditions really, 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 really quickly. So it's the equivalent of the small print in a contract. So you've got this contract. I mean, we've got it in our car insurance, in our house insurance. um, You know, pretty much everything is going to have small print, and there's usually lots of it. And, um, But so they've brought the small print into radio ads. So instead of it being really, really tiny, they say it really, really quickly. And it drives me absolutely potty because part of what it does is tell you that actually the deal that they're offering is only open to about four people. You know, terms and conditions apply. Offer expires the day after tomorrow. Only applicable if your name is Egbert. Not applicable to anyone who eats pizza. Full terms and conditions in teeny tiny writing on our website. Like what? <laughs> what? Sorry, say that again. I mean, seriously. What is that about? I I just don't get it. Anyway, listen, I'm delighted now. Got that off my chest. I can I can get on with my day now. Thank you so much for joining me. It's been really great. I am so just loved sharing some of my story with you please do get in touch if you've got a what is that about to share or you want to give some feedback i would love to hear it ammo writing a-m-o-w-r-i-t-i-n-g ammo writing at gmail.com or you'll find me on social media ammo writing thank you for joining me for this episode of words wobbles and wisdom and i will see you or you will hear me next week Bye bye